Send in the clowns this week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. The clown prince of crime gets an origin story in Joker. Uh, Murray, one small thing. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? That's this week on The Cinema Crew. Hello, welcome to The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me as always is Vary McIntyre. Hello. And Dan Miranda. Hello. Now we've got just a mini episode for you this week because Joker is the only film releasing. But if you are interested, we have a spoiler special coming out. This episode is absolutely spoiler free. So do not hesitate. We won't spoil anything for you. Your chance also to win a gold class double pass coming up just a little later on. But first... I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a comedy. You just... Batman was first published 80 years ago, and his arch nemesis, the Joker, has had many different actors play him in that time. Some were brilliant and others were Jared Leto. Well, the latest in the long line is Joaquin Phoenix. However, Joker doesn't seem like any comic book movie that we've seen before. Far from the mystical MCU or Aquaman, is there enough here for the general public to latch onto? There's absolutely a mountain of stuff, <laughs> for, I think, for this film to, for the general public to grab onto. Joaquin Phoenix, we already know that he is a stellar actor and this film is no exception. Yeah, one of the favourites again of this point. We have a couple of actors that we always bring up and I feel like he is one of them whenever we talk about I just think him as a person is just even better than his acting resume. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he he definitely brings it to, to this role of Arthur, the Joker. I think if you see this film from the lens of not a comic book fan at all, don't know anything about Batman, you'll enjoy it more so than if you are. Mm. I think it took me, I reckon, maybe a third of the film to remember that this was actually a Batman film. film. Yes, and I think that looking at it in that way actually helps you enjoy it more. So the filmmakers of this one are making this film as a standalone piece. It's not connected to the DC universe at all. So you don't need to know anything about any of the other films. Yeah, and it's an interesting trajectory that they've decided to go because the DC universe or the worlds of DC as they've officially dubbed it, though no one calls it that, hasn't got off to the best start. Uh, Batman vs Superman was very divisive. Suicide Squad was mainly disliked. And certainly lately they've been finding their footing uh, and they've just decided, don't worry about that noise. We're just going to be over here making our separate film. You know what? It's set in a different time period. It's set in the 80s. It's not connected at all. And it's just a good standalone in like almost like an independent film because it's not a huge tentpole $100 million blockbuster. This movie was made for $55 million, mm. which is probably the smallest budget superhero film in at least yeah. the, you know, maybe since Deadpool. Deadpool is about $60 million. It's It's not a big film. It's a very small character-based film. And if you're going to talk about characters that are worth looking into the psyche of, Joke is not a bad one. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. 
but I do. And people are starting to notice. The filmmakers for this one cite Alan Moore's comic The Killing Joke, which is about the Joker's origin and his descent into mm-hmm. insanity, and the Scorsese films like Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and wow. The King of Comedy. Mm. You talk about Scorsese. So mm. this film is several things. You're right. The Killing Joke is a seminal story about a stand-up comedian who has one bad day and that is the origin of the Joker. Though he's not called Arthur Fleck. That's something invented for this movie. But this movie is essentially the King of Comedy which for those who haven't seen it is a movie about a failing stand-up comedian who becomes obsessed with a talk show host and he wants to impress him so badly and he's, he's a little mentally unhinged and he gets quite obsessive and he starts doing worse and worse things to get the attention of this person. And if you think that that is accidental, King of Comedy stars Robert De Niro as the lead and who would play the talk show host in Joker but Robert De Niro. And when this was first announced, it was announced as coming from Martin Scorsese's production company who directed The King of Comedy, Martin Scorsese. So it's really interesting that they've kind of taken another film, said that would have made a great Joker film and tried to redo it like that. It's in a way the way they did split at the end of that film. Yeah. You found out it was unbreakable. Yeah, though this isn't actually connected to the King of Comedy. I know, but, but like, it's, it's, it, 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 or is it? No, no. It's, it's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of like tangential ties to the Martin Scorsese seventies and eighties, independent new wave of Hollywood films. Way more than it has anything to do with Wonder Woman or Aquaman Absolutely. or any of those. Yeah, the main plot of this one, or the main crux of the jokey character, is his descent into madness and. Whereas there's been so many iterations and everyone's got a different uh, backstory to him because officially he doesn't have a backstory so everyone can just do whatever they want. And in fact, to quote The Killing Joke, the book that inspired this, he says, if I have a history, I'd prefer it to be multiple choice. Mm, Right. So this is one of those. And they've decided to go as DC has been doing progressively more and more is getting into the more realistic, naturalistic, gritty, dark avenue and with this one, as you mentioned, the king of comedy, it's got a character who is mentally unhinged and that's the spotlight that they put on the Joker and they're really hamming that up. It's kind of this nature versus nurture that he's going through. He's living in a society in Gotham that is falling apart around him. People are horrible to him. He gets beat up at work a lot and he's got mental illness as well. So he's got these societal problems on the outside and his internal struggle with mental illness. And we don't actually know what he's got. We see him talking to a therapist at one point and Joaquin Phoenix said himself he didn't want to portray someone that you could pin down with any one mental illness. This was my problem with the film that in any portrayal of a mental illness is not going to be helpful for people who do have problems. So I was a little undecided. I kind of still am about how much they rely on that Mm -hmm. because it kind of makes it look like they're just giving us a a sad backstory. So we understand the Joker's position and I did. I I was sympathetic to the character. Great story writing. (laughs) Which is not something people often say about the Joker. Mm. Poor him. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) So his life is really hard and he's doing the best he can and they make him look like a pretty good character. He's trying to be a stand-up comedian like the Robert De Niro character is his idol, Mm. who's the talk show host, and he wants to bring joy and happiness to the world. But the world is effed. (laughs) (laughs) And he just keeps 
I don't know, banging his head against this brick wall, I guess, and the world is just horrible back to him and so he just kind of like gives up. The, the thing I find about Joker is it's it's a take. So it's not necessarily yeah. faithful to any one mm. thing. And I, I, I think I've kind of carved out my niche as like the comic book guy, but I actually don't mind when things aren't faithful as long as they're good. Yeah. And when someone has a take, I actually think that's an exciting thing. The difference is that this is coming from Todd Phillips, the director of Old School and Starsky and Hutch and The Hangover. Wow. So it's it's mm. not like it, – because when it was announced with Martin Scorsese attached, you kind of think, okay, that he's a really interesting filmmaker. He generally finds an interesting crux. And then they said, ah, oh, but Todd Phillips is directing. But all credit to him, this looks nothing like a Todd Phillips movie. He normally does those broad frat comedies – and he, I, much like Adam McKay started out doing Anchorman and then started doing The Big Short and Vice, it's obviously just this other side to a director that maybe I undervalued. And everything that he's done so far, as far as Joke is concerned, really lands. I think people will compare this performance to the infamous Heath Ledger performance. Mm. And that's what most people will be wanting this film to live up to. Is he better then? But I feel that exactly what you say, because of the direction of the film, it's not going to be in the same world. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up the idea of, um, you know, mental health is such a, a hot-button issue at the moment. Uh, it's very much in the forefront of news media and things like that, and you need to be very careful with how you portray it. But uh, people tend to forget that when The Dark Knight came out in 2008, Heath Ledger actually caught a bit of flack because his portrayal of the Joker was based on a soldier with PTSD, and people were saying it was quite insensitive to soldiers that have come back and though it's never really officially confirmed mm. in the movie, there are a lot of hints that he has combat training and that he's, something has happened in his past that's really messed him up, very similar to how soldiers have PTSD. And it seems to me that the Joker is a good avenue to talk about issues in a society that are kind of hot-button issues, but you need to really walk that tightrope when you do it and make sure that you're not saying that everyone like that is this way and everyone like that is this way, you know? This is the issue that... We expect films, although they don't mould society, they're a mirror to society, as was quoted by the filmmakers, and they themselves have said this isn't a political film, but it can't help but be a political <laughs> film. Like, are you kidding? If you're making a film with these sorts of issues and these characters, you have to be aware that it's going to be taken like that. This is definitely a political film whether they intended it or not and they have a responsibility in their portrayal of things to be aware that audiences are going to watch this and they are going to be influenced one way or another. Whether they have a, their angle, people are going to take a different angle. The world of Gotham, as it's set out in the beginning, there's like a rubbish strike. The The sanitary workers have gone on strike, so the entire city is built up with rubbish bags. So you've got this like awesome scenery to play with and there's giant rats taking over the city as well. Very reminiscent of 80s Margaret Thatcher in right, London yeah. where there was a, a workers' strike and rubbish was piling up and um, sentiments from politicians that – reflective of today saying, well, I'm well off because I worked hard. So poor people like who the Joker is in his circumstances, they're just not working hard enough. Like it's so politically charged. <laughs> and in Joker's actions throughout the film, he inadvertently starts a movement of other people wearing clown masks, kind of like V for Vendetta, and they go against 
rich people and there's this sort of like the leftist communist drive that I guess millennials have had today about like eat the rich, bring down the rich. It's the Occupy Wall Street from like 10 years ago. So how can you say this film is not (laughs) political when you were making this film? You surely saw that coming. Well, and you bring up clown masks. So this is something that split the internet, which is the actual design of the Joker. Mm. Something kind of interesting is that his face makeup is actually kind of reminiscent of John Wayne Gacy, the mm. the famous serial killer that dressed up as a clown. Mm. But also this is something I love as a Batman geek. His suit, normally a purple suit, green shirt is the classic joke, but they've gone with like a, a deep red, mm. which is actually – uh, very reminiscent of Cesar Romero from the 1966 Batman series. So he's a bit Heath Ledgery with his greasy hair. Yeah. And he's a, you know, he's a bit John Wayne Gacy with his makeup, but he's a little bit Cesar Romero with his suit. It's a really nice combination of different aspects that the joke has bled into pop culture all in in one. And I think with the the splitting of sides with the face makeup, how specific do you need to be? Like a, clown, yeah, yeah, a clown's yeah. face is a clown's <laughs> face, you know? Yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix's characterization of this film, we mentioned Heath Ledger and he famously was mentally affected yeah. by his method acting and I wonder if that's what Joaquin Phoenix suffered from as well because he gets so deep into this character. He lost... Like 50, 50 kilos? 50 pounds, yeah. 50 pounds. Very quickly to play this role. Well, you it, see him with his shirt off shows. a lot. It's and so funny that you say that because there's two interesting things that came from that because he did. He lost a lot of weight very quickly. Mm. And one, he said, when you start losing weight that quickly, you do go a bit crazy. Yeah. So it wasn't always that hard to get to that place. Yeah. But another interesting thing is because of that, they couldn't do any reshoots. Yeah. Because once he lost the weight, they had the window to film with him and then he had to put the weight back on and he's like, I'm not losing the weight again. Yeah. You have to get everything right the first time because mm. we can't come back and reshoot this. I can't do that to my body. Mm. So there's this weird, I, I love that. It's like kind of this guerrilla indie filmmaking approach to it and I, I really like that they've embraced that a bit. We talk about this standing out from other comic book movies and even the trajectory that it's taken to get into the cinemas is unlike any other comic book movie. It premiered at the Venice Film Festival, which is quite a prestigious film festival, second only maybe to Cannes. And it received an eight-minute standing ovation at the end of it. And you think, oh, maybe that's just hype. And then it went ahead and won the Golden Lion, the top prize at the Venice Film Festival. And to put in context, it's good company. Uh, Previous winners have been Roma, The Shape of Water, and Brokeback Mountain. So if that doesn't show you that this is garnering a little more respect than something like Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, it, it actually does have some credibility and some actual credential behind it as well, which I think is a really interesting thing from a movie based on a kid's comic book. So who do you think should see Joker? So this Warner Brothers film, very similar to Star is Born and Gravity, obviously opened the Venice Film Festival. It's in the same category as Star is Born and Gravity in terms of prestige. Uh, If you like those films, if you love a a dark, thought-provoking film, see The Joker. Yeah, it's a slow-burning character study. It's very entertaining, but I do think it has some problematic depictions in it, and I'll get more into that in the spoiler version of this. Also, still in cinemas, Ride Like a Girl. Michelle Payne's true horsey story. The Goldfinch. An adaptation of a really famous novel that's about a thousand pages long. Which is handy because I'll be honest, I would never have read it anyway. (laughs) 
Scary stories to tell in the dark. A group of teens face their fears in order to save their lives. And the dead don't die. A quirky zombie movie from Jim Jamoosh. Yes, you can hear about all of those movies and in fact everything that's in cinemas right now in our back catalogue, which you can access from whichever podcast app you'd like. Now, for your chance to win a gold class double pass, simply head to the Village Cinema's Facebook or Instagram page, look for the Cinema Crew post and answer the question, Who is your favourite Joker? That's going to start some fights. Mm. I guarantee you someone's going to be like, <laughs> Mark Hamill. We're talking about on-screen movie, real-life Joker people. Ah, no, like Mark Hamill, why not? <laughs> so simply leave your comment with the hashtag the Cinema Crew for your chance to win. Next week, it's Will Smith versus Will Smith in Gemini Man and a movie based on the life of Cardi B. Well, not exactly, but that is Hustlers. Until next time, thank you, Vari. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Cam. My name is Cambo, and this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.